0: The Damian Lillard standoff is coming to a head. What's going to happen between now and Thursday? We'll talk about where Lillard's going to be for the start of next season. The Zion Williamson era may be over in New Orleans, as shocking as that may be. Plus, Draymond Green opts out. Is there a chance that Draymond could actually be wearing a different uniform next year? Mm -hmm. It's free agency offseason time here on Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA, your daily source for all things NBA from the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day thanks for joining us and making this part of your day being an everydayer for us we appreciate you guys joining us on whatever platform that you're on if you're on apple Podcasts, give us five star reviews whether you're on spotify another podcast app or if you're following the show on youtube the best way to support the show just go to youtube.com slash locked on nba and you can check out a live version of the show. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Tuesday. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the action network and co-host of locked on nuggets. I'm joined by my co-host for the show, David Ramil. You can follow him on Twitter at D 13. He is co-host over at locked on heat. And he's about to have a very busy, maybe busy, maybe busy, uh week or so we'll see how that goes after a, a pretty we were both very busy there for two weeks covering the finals uh david it's silly season time it's it's rumors time there's so much my my inbox is flooded uh with stuff that it's like oh, i heard this and i heard this thing and i'm constantly trying to be like can i get like five people that match up with the same information and often you can't do that uh how is the off season treating you so far
1: uh, so far so good. You know, lots of ends of lots of eras taking place. So uh, it's going to be in an interesting couple of weeks. You know what? So far, like the the finals had barely ended, and already we were embroiled in Lillard slash Beal coming to Miami. It was all going to happen within the next couple of days, and so far it hasn't quite worked out that way. We'll see what happens with the Dave Lillard situation, but it's worth monitoring. And and even then, I I cannot wait for the flood of heat fans to tell me why Pat Riley. The guy who has brought this team to the finals twice in the last four years is washed and completely Uh, done.
0: On today's show, we will talk about the Damian Lillard situation, the implications with both Portland and Miami, as well as Brooklyn. Uh, We'll talk about the Zion Williamson era in New Orleans, maybe coming to a close. And we'll talk about Draymond Green and his decision to opt out of the last year of his contract. All that more on today's show. We start with Damian Lillard. So, all right. The Heat had pivoted to try and get Beal mm. based off of, I think the opportunity that was there because you knew Beal was available. And so like they were involved in the conversations. It was them and the sons, depending on who you talk to. Like I heard the Beal very much wanted to go to Phoenix. Like that was where he wanted to go. Would have been okay if it was Miami, but he wanted to go to Phoenix. Um, Phoenix's offer was better than what Miami was willing to offer, which I think is probably the right move for Miami to not be like you don't want to give the same package for Bradley Beal that you would that you are looking to give maybe later this week for Damian Lillard. You don't want to do that. Um so the heat keep the powder dry so to speak. They don't get Beal who have been a great fit in Miami but they don't they don't line up landing him. If you want to hear more on the reaction check out last yesterday's episode on the Bradley Beal stuff. Things are moving too fast. Can no no time for double reactions on a trade like Bradley Beal. Um after the Beal trade gets done, Chris right. Haynes has got a lot of long-term relationships with Damian Lillard. He reports that the Miami Heat continue to be focused on acquiring Damian Lillard. Um that was an interesting report to come out. Yep. There continues to be like this is how I, I put it in an article on this weekend on Action Network and that's how I feel. The Portland Trailblazers have now on Tuesday, if you're listening to this, three days to get a deal done to upgrade the roster. They are talking to the Toronto Raptors about a Pascal Siakam deal. They have talked to, um, they've continued to try and talk to Brooklyn, who's like, we're not giving you Mikhail Bridges. Please stop asking. Cool. Um, they've talked to a number of other teams trying to construct a deal to acquire guys. Zion Williamson, who we'll talk about in the second segment, is the other guy that's like most likely. The two guys that I, I feel like are most likely to wind up in Portland if they do move the number three are Pascal Siakam or Zion Williamson. Those are the two guys I think there are are most likely. If those trades do not happen, you have a standoff. Uh, Sean Hyken of the Rose Garden Report reported this. I talked about this in the article, but he's reported this. The Blazers feeling is that Dame's not going to pull a Kyrie Irving or Mm -hmm. even a Kevin Durant, where he's not going to be like make things uncomfortable for them, even if he's unhappy that they don't make a deal for the, if they just wind up you know drafting Scoot Henderson or drafting Brandon Miller. If that winds up being the case, he's going to be unhappy, but they're banking. He's not going to make a thing out of it. Lillard's people are like, don't press us. Like, don't let's not have it come to that. So there's a lot of pressure. And then on waiting, like a vulture circling is Pat Riley with like a vulture with beautiful hair is Pat Riley waiting <laughs> to swoop in and capture along with Andy Ellisberg. And Adam Simon um that that's like what the standoff is is will Damian Lillard make it uncomfortable enough for the Blazers that they have to trade him and if they do will he say only trade me to the heat and if that happens will the Blazers accept what Miami has to offer give me your thoughts on, on that situation you can obviously check out more about this on Locked on Heat I'm sure you've talked about it a ton
1: yeah um well, we we have and we have it. Uh, it. You know, the initial report came out, or at least uh, you know some some cloudy mumblings about uh, Miami's interest in Bradley Beal and Damian Lillard, and then the possibility of adding both superstars. And then I, I I never thought that Lillard was a realistic possibility, and so I started not necessarily talking myself into the Beal likelihood, but I recognized why Beal would be much more eminently gettable than Damian Lillard is. Uh, having said that, it looks like Miami's plan the whole time. Was to make as lukewarm a package as possible available to Washington in exchange for Beal. Uh, we kept hearing a lot from local reporters that you know they were they were trying to keep the price down on Beal, and that it seemed like Washington was willing to accept. Of course, then we get you know the understanding that Phoenix swoops in there, and that was the the ideal uh, destination for Beal himself. Now, when it comes to Lillard. We've heard that Bam Adebayo, who has a close relationship with Dame Lillard, that uh, Jimmy Butler, both of them have been heavily, quote unquote, recruiting Dame to see if he'll force their hand a little bit. So that might put pressure on the Blazers as well. I just don't see any of it really happening. Like, and, and this isn't a knock on Miami's front office, and I know a lot of Heat fans and maybe NBA fans in general will see it. They do what they can to acquire superstars when they're available. But if they're already under contract, there's only so much you can do, especially if they don't go out of their way to request a trade to said organization and that's what we see happening with portland i i don't have any problem with lillard not forcing portland's hand i, I you know he he's talked about it before you and i have talked about it we're never sure exactly about what players prioritize especially late in their career but when you look at all the individual accolades and everything else like dame lillard's a hall of famer yeah and he he wants to be happy And he wants to win. There's no doubt about that. And he also wants to win in Portland because he feels a close connection to the organization, the people there, the fans, the the front office, the organization. I mean, everything involved in in blazerdom is something that Lillard has grown to embody, to connect with. And if he wants to stay there and win, I don't have a problem with that, and I don't think fans in general should. I I know he's going to be prosecuted for not forcing his hand, for staying through maybe a soft rebuild because even if they do wind up acquiring Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram – past Gus Joachim or anybody else, they're probably not going to be immediate contenders. Like there's a lot of holes in that roster and even trading the number three pick isn't going to be able to fill them all. And so he's not going to win a championship right away. And that's fine. You know, again, I went through this even as Miami was pushing their way to the finals, like the idea of, of a championship or bust is ridiculous. Uh, it's, it's, it's nothing but pain. It'll bring you nothing but misery because 29 teams feel it every year. And many more teams just experience long drafts without a playoff run at all. And so, you know, if, if Dane wants to continue being a first, second round exit throughout the rest of his Blazers career, well, that's that's fine with me.
0: I think it's an interesting question of how much is enough because he's he's clearly not just like, whatever you do is fine. I'm going to be here. I trust the front office. Right. It's it's right. like the, word, the phrasing has been, he has put that ball in their court. Like it's on them basically to prove to him, Hey, we're still trying to win around you. Yeah. And that, and honestly, here's, but this is what's messed up about it. This gets into the draft. If Charlotte, who, from what I understand, has not made a decision, there's still a lot, like, there's a lot of projecting that Brandon Miller is still going number two. And I wonder how much right. of that's going from Brandon Miller's side. Because <laughs> like Charlotte, from what I've heard is not talking, but they haven't made a decision. Like they're not projecting to teams that, yeah, we're settled in on Brandon Miller. If they take Scoot Henderson, or if Charlotte goes to, Uh, New Orleans and is like hey we're taking Scoot unless we get Zion and right and if you're New Orleans and you've already committed and you've already told like Zion like hey we're going to get you out of here you can't really repair that relationship you need to move him right so if Scoot goes to whether to Charlotte or another team then what does Portland do? Can Portland move that pick? Because from what I've heard, everyone that's trying to move up is only trying to move up to get Scoot Henderson. Now, I think that there's like a slight possibility that a team like the Raptors, I, I want to stress this, a team like the Raptors <laughs> would move up for Amon Thompson. That's the other guy that I think that you could see a team being like, i like he's a high ceiling guy. Teams love like the ceiling on Amon Thompson. The floor is lower, but the ceiling's really high. It's, it's higher than some of the other guys that are in that spot.
1: All right.
0: So... But if if neither of those options are on the table and Portland just has to be like, well, I guess we're, we're taking the best prospect on the that now what, and now for Lillard, you're looking at it and you're going, I told you for, for four months, you got to get something done and we got nothing. Yeah. But then the other question is like, is Pascal Siakam enough? Like I think Pascal was first team all NBA worthy last season. I thought he was was phenomenal. He's incredible. But has Pascal Siakam put you in contention? No. You know, you, you still need an overhaul of that roster. You yeah. still got to figure out the center problem. So, like, there's all these issues I think that Portland's facing, and that's why the next four days are gonna be absolutely fascinating but, to try and figure but
1: out nothing over the next four days is gonna make that team a contender, though. Right? There's no potential move that's gonna put them in that spot, whether it's Zion or Siakam, as good a player as you're gonna find available nothing's going to put them in, in contention status with Denver and Phoenix or whatever team you have ordered in, in, in whatever ranking in the Western Conference. So basically, it's a small change, a small improvement that you're going to make. You know, a good one, a one that's necessary, but the step of, of the first step of many improvements that that roster requires in order to keep Dame happy. Like, what's the likelihood right now? I and mean, you, you're you're close with Sean. You mentioned him before. What's the likelihood that Dillard sees Dillard uh, sees what happens in the next couple of days? It goes. That's fine. That's nice. I still want to.
0: I think it's higher than I think Sean does. I think it's higher than the Blazers consider it is. I'm trying to read a lot into how Bla- how Lillard has publicly projected, not himself, well, even himself, right? He goes on that podcast. He talks about Miami, right? Like, that's why I think this is fascinating. Is there's the Blazers being like, we have a good relationship with Damien. He's not going to screw us like that. And Damien Lillard being like, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> so, not put me in that
1: spot to have to screw you over because i will
0: yeah that's that's yeah. and that's really the battle and we'll see how it shakes out on the other side we'll get into Zion williamson situation which that does appear over in new orleans we'll talk about the latest on that and what it means for the pelicans all that and more on the other side on locked on nba today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the absolute best way for you to get online therapy it's absolutely incredible um a lot of the things that I think that people struggle with is understanding what they need. Like, that's a real struggle. I think for people is to understand what they need. That's the thing that the therapies honestly helped me the most with is understanding not only what I need, but how to ask for it. So that I can ask others, whether it's my wife or my family or friends, like, Hey, I need this. And it just helps you be better. Better health is like, that's the whole thing in it. You really need it to be there with better help. Um, if you, you know, the, Ways that that therapy can help you is is all the way from you know if you've got serious stuff that you need to work through, or if you just want to do some maintenance on yourself, just like small things that you want to do. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapist anytime. For no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H E L P.com slash locked on NBA. We'll be right back on Locked on NBA. here on Locked On nba thanks for joining us matt moore alongside david Ramil from locked on heat uh let's talk about the new orleans pelicans and boy you know like i want good i love new orleans as a city and i root i cheer for small markets and just they make it hard on themselves they have chris paul and that and they make the the conference final or conference semifinals in 2008 probably should have won that series might have beaten the lakers they don't get it done Falls apart from there. Chris Paul gets traded in the Chris Paul trade where he doesn't go to the Lakers. Then the Pelicans wind up with the number one pick. They get Anthony Davis. They try and build around Davis. They go too fast. That doesn't work. Davis asks out the year after they finally make a run and win a playoff series. Immediately he he joins clutch and asks out. They get rewarded again by the gods with the number one pick. They get Zion Williamson, this awesome monster who. Both isn't available, is injured, out of shape, and ultimately there's a lot of conversation about him being um, unhappy a lot of time. A malcontent, I think is the best word, word for it. So now uh, Bill Simmons on his podcast and Bill is like really plugged in. Like Bill's been around and is a major figure in sports media. He hears things and he's been pretty good when he does say things. He said that Bill Simmons uh, reported, not reported, suggested, that's the best way to put it, suggested that, by Thursday, Zion Williamson will be on another team. He's obviously been linked to the Blazers as a possibility. Um, they, I know that they are at least interested in talking to Charlotte. Like I said in the first segment, if Charlotte calls them and is like, "We're taking Scoot, what do you got?" Then New Orleans is going to have to go that route. New Orleans' interest in, in Scoot Henderson is high as any team in the league. Uh, Brandon Ingram has also been been known to be available. I think the idea of breaking up that that duo is good, but it does seem like. Zion Williamson has burned too many bridges with too many things, and now he's on his way out. What are your thoughts, David, on the end of the very brief and unfulfilling Zion Williamson era in New Orleans?
1: I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, and I, I speak of it from a completely disconnected point of view, uh, You know that you want to see that team thrive. You want an exciting player like Zion to thrive. But there are just so many questions about not, not just the off-the-court stuff, the, the mental aspect of it, and also the realistic – you know, the fact that he's just hardly available or that the availability is always going to be a constant question. And so how can you move forward as a franchise that wants to win, wants to win consistently, wants to build a championship level core. If you don't know if one of your main pieces of that core is going to be available on a month to month basis. And, and and maybe, you know, maybe he could have avoided some of those injuries. Maybe there's a maintenance program there where he could have been a little bit healthier or more on track to stay, uh, healthier for more consistent amounts of time, but it just hasn't worked out. And I, I know that, I think the firing of, of Teresa Witherspoon, um, who he was very, very close to, and has spoken about being the, the person who, who could kind of help him get back on track in terms of, of reapplying himself uh, for the NBA and for all the, the pressures of, of being an NBA-level player, that's probably a sign that they're ready to move on. And that's and probably for the best. At some point, you just kind of need a change of scenery. It didn't work out for Zion in New Orleans. There was a lot of great moments there over the last few years, and they haven't been able to do anything consistent in terms of actual winning that matters. And so, I don't mind. I don't mind the breakup. I think it makes a lot of sense for both parties. Zion gets a fresh start. Who knows what will happen if he gets traded to another team? If he's able to kind of reapply himself and stay healthy and be the superstar that many people think he can be. And that being said, uh, it's probably in the best interest for him and the organization to move on, to move on.
0: It's a bummer just because he's so talented and he's he, when he is healthy. Um, there's always questions about how was a guy with that kind of size and explosiveness going to handle it from a structural capacity. I think there's legit questions there, and I'm sure it's going to be a, a hindrance in any trade. Like there's going to be bated breath on whatever the if they do complete a trade, the physical on that trade is going to be hmm. dicey. I think yeah. it at best, like I think it's going to be there's gonna be a lot because there's so many injuries in his history there along with it um you do kind of wonder if maybe a, a different organization like that's where we kind of assume is if a if an organization messes up the situation this badly it's got to be the org um I'm talking to some people I've kind of gotten the sense that Zion has been malcontent I think it's too strong a word um Has ha- has raised issues. Has been vocally critical of his situation all throughout his time in basketball. Whether it was AAU, high school, Duke, NBA, like there's just a history of of being a little bit difficult, a squeaky wheel, so to speak. Mm-hmm. That's not. I want to be clear that like that's not wrong. Sometimes guys are in bad situations and they just demand a lot. That's right. Completely. When you're part
1: of the problem, you can't make those demands. You can't be that. That's-
0: that's the issue, right? Is like when you're not coming into camp in shape, and he did come into camp last year, and when he was in shape, like people forget the New Orleans Pelicans were the number one team in the Western Conference yes. back in December. Yep. And they had so much capacity and so much potential. And then they started getting hurt and it and they unraveled. And He'll by the end of there. the season, like yeah. they were without so many guys. And I will say this: like, they were a little bit better before Brandon Ingram came back. Like, one thing I would say is the Pelicans, if they're gonna do this, if they're gonna if you're gonna trade. If you're going to trade Zion Williamson and you're going to trade him for Scoot Henderson, find someone else and trade Brandon Ingram too. Mm. call Dallas. That's what I would do is Mm. I would call Dallas and be like, Hey, we'll take whatever contracts you got and give us the 10 and you get Brandon Ingram. And then you get two top 10 players just to rebuild already. Right? you get Scoot Henderson and either Derek Lively or Kobe Bufkin, who apparently is now a potential top 10 pick. God, that guy's stock has risen or any of these other guys. These are draft players, by the way, David, I know that as a heat guy. I, I've know. heard
1: something's coming up. Yeah.
0: I know you're only vaguely aware of, of what the draft is, um, but you can, or you can go That's get Scoop you know,
1: Henderson is a good player. I hear,
0: you know, Scoopy Henderson, all these guys, uh, but you with two top 10 picks, you've got a real core that you can build around. That's yeah. don't go no half measures here. And I think that's the, the risk with the Pelicans is it feels that like they're going to go for half measures again where they got a playoff team and they're going to try and draft Scoot Henderson and then keep around it. We'll see if if they find a, a deal that works, because if not, that's going to enter into free agency with um <laughs> Yeah. I think it's hard to put the, the demon back in the bottle, so to speak, with the Zion Williamson trade. It's going to be a, a tough one.
1: That seems to me, though, more likely to get done in anything from the Portland perspective. I mean, I mean, we're talking about these like they're not, you know, they might be the teams that wind up trading with each other, but uh, I just can't ma- Okay, am I, what's the latest here? And maybe you know this from Sean or in your own sources, but are, is Portland's interest more in Brandon Ingram or Zion Williamson? Zion. Okay, so they would prefer Zion there, yeah. which is really strange considering Bill Walton, Greg Oden, Sam Bowie, etc. Like, yeah. haven't they had enough injury-plagued yeah. stars in their history? Good
0: point. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I think there's the, the potential there, right? If Zion works, that's a uh, – Damian Lillard and Zion Williamson, you still have the defensive problems, but that's a combo that puts you at an entirely different level. Yeah, Brandon Ingram, and I'm still kind of like, okay. Yeah, Yeah, that's a so uh, you have you have uh, uh, something exciting. You got to figure out how to make it work with Zion. With Brandon Ingram, you just have like a slightly better team. And I don't know that's enough. Uh, all right. On the other side, Draymond Green opts mm-hmm. out of his player option. We'll talk about the ramifications of that and what it means, all that and more. On the other side, Unlocked on, on NBA. First I need to tell you about, I bought a grocery school shopping and getting a little something for yourself. You know, you're already doing it. So why not get cash back for it with I You're watching your closet grow after purchasing all of the season's latest trends. How about also watching your cash grow with each purchase with Ibotta? Uh, You can earn cash back on every shopping trip. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's just that easy. The average iBody user earns $120 a year in real cash back. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Or you could just earn cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you're dying to go to, or the fancy dinner that you've been craving. A typical basket of groceries was over $50 more expensive at the end of 2022 than the beginning of the year due to inflation. You could earn two and a half times that in cash back, from ibotta or even more depending on how much you use ibotta 120 will get you two, a meal for two or more at old's havana in little havana which is one of the best meals i've ever had in my life that i had still talking I'm about it weeks later i'm not going to stop talking about this meal it was absolutely amazing i gives you real cash back not points other apps gives you points that don't amount to much but i bought you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D. That's Ibotta in the Google App or App Store and use code LOCKED. We'll be right back on Locked on NBA. <laughs> here on Locked on NBA. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Tuesday. Make sure to check out the show tomorrow. we got Jake Madison, John Corrales. They'll be with you. Uh, talk about what the Boston Celtics probably not going to do in free agency. I would imagine John Corrales' has thoughts on that, plus whatever the latest news and rumors are. Uh, finally, here on Locked on NBA, Draymond Green has opted out of his final year of his contract he had a player option for 27.5 million and will enter unrestricted free agency clutch sports ceo rich paul told the athletic um a lot of questions as to what this means a lot of questions as, as far as like the new uh, cba and how that impacts things with the uh, warriors being at the apron at the same time today they introduced mike dunleavy jr as the new head of basketball operations for the Golden State Warriors. So in those comments, I thought it was notable that he talked about how they want Jordan Poole around for another four to five years. Like they really projected today that they believe in Jordan Poole. That was pretty notable to me when we start to look at the perspective of Draymond Green and how this works right. out, because I don't know what, where this is going to go. There is a a pretty wide assumption. We're like, Oh, like Draymond's got to be back with them. Like there's no way that they're going to move on from Draymond Green. I guess I'm not so sure based off of the long-term history of what we've seen with Draymond and where things have been headed for quite some time, David.
1: I agree with you. Um, I, I would say I, I'm much more inclined to think that he's not coming back. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, again, we we talk about, you know, the projection that we kind of, all of us as fans, media, et cetera, is that, you know, why would you leave a situation where you've won so much? It's like, well, because you've won so much, because now you want to kind of do something a little different. And I don't blame a player for wanting to say, you know what, I kind of want to test the waters and see what life is like outside of Golden State for better or for worse. And it might succeed, it might be worse, but, you know, you never know until you make the attempt in the first place. And for Draymond, this is an opportunity to kind of, put a different spin on his legacy and everything else. Like there's a lot of talk about whether he's a fringe hall of famer uh, or he's a revolutionary player of that. There's no doubt, Uh, but he's always kind of talked about, uh, you know, as a, as a second tier, uh, a contributor to those finals championship teams. And that being said, like maybe he wants to be something different towards the twilight of his career He wants to try something a little different. There's the clutch connection. There's everything else that is involved in that. Um, I'm a little surprised that most people think he'll be back. Because I don't know how much, I mean, they can offer that the, the long-term security that he wants. This is likely his last contract, his last major contract uh, before the end of his career. I, I know there are suitors out there. I know everybody thinks it's a, a done deal that he'll join the Los Angeles Lakers and, and play alongside LeBron and that clutch connection. But uh, I don't know. Are, are there a list of teams that you think, if you had to rank them, where Draymond is, is likely to end up next season? It's
0: tough because you have to assume that he opted out to get a bigger payday. Like you have to assume that he didn't opt out to take less money,
1: right? Not less, but longer, right? Or, or yeah. over the course of like a, a four, five year deal. Is that what he's looking for?
0: You would, you would imagine. Um, that seems unlikely though.
1: Yeah. Like four with a player opt or four with a team option. Three with, maybe. A three
0: with a player option for four. Yeah. Maybe that sounds more, more right. Um, look, the, the first name is the Lakers. Yep. Yeah. It's just like you have to you have to start with the Lakers because of the clutch connection. Uh, the way that would have to work is D'Angelo Russell. You have to find a target for D'Angelo Russell, and Phoenix being off the board removes one of the teams that I've heard was at least like open to D'Angelo Russell. They obviously got a much better player, Bradley Beale. You have to find a third team to take D'Angelo Russell, and then Draymond gets absorbed into that, and then the third team sends assets back to Golden State, right? Whatever it is that they would want in exchange. But the problem there is. The team that gets D'Angelo Russell inherently is getting less than what Draymond is worth to Golden State. So that makes it difficult for Golden State. The sign and trade situations are also difficult because of the the, the apron. That's the other problem I've heard is like the second apron causes complications with this as well. So there's like a lot of issues here. Bob Myers' departure is – there's a lot of people that are like, okay, Bob Myers leaves and Draymond opts out. Like that combo is raising a lot of eyebrows. They're still, like, even in their statement, right, to ESPN, they said, like, we're going to continue talking with Golden State and explore all options. Um, the other ones I would probably look at, I will say, like, Detroit is one that I would probably keep an eye yeah. on because of the know. connection with Michigan State, and there's just sure. there's a lot of appreciation for him in that organization. Other than that, I think the problem is, like, you have to find a team that's got cap space, that wants to pay him long term, that's in a position to contend. You're not going to bring him into a rebuilding squad, you would think. Right. Um, now there are teams that are looking to like instantly vault. I would say the Rockets are actually a team that's like looking to put together, like they just want to spend and get back into contention, Like they just want to compete. Like they're looking to, they are not looking for like, they have Jalen and Alpern Shangoon and Jabari and all these guys. And they are trying to like kickstart this thing from what I've heard. Like they're looking at long-term veteran contracts or not long-term big money, veteran contracts on short term. So maybe that's an option, um, that they, that they pursue and look at. He'll have suitors but there's just a lot of complications with how this is going to go in terms of finding the right fit for him. You have to have a strong locker room to be able to like, this is the thing is that Draymond's the positive stuff about him is incredible, but there is a cost with the negativity as well. So you have to be really careful. Is his level of motivation going to be the same when he's not next to Steph Curry and competing for championships? Is he as impactful if he's not next to Steph Curry? Like all of these things I think play into the question of how much Draymond Green is worth on the open market. And that's probably where like, the return to golden state gets probably both to be the default is he's not going to be as valuable anywhere as he is to golden state.
1: That's fair. Yeah. Uh, ironically enough. he'd Probably be a great locker room fit in Miami, but there's yeah. no
0: way of that happening.
1: Yeah. And I'd heard that. And this is true. Uh, uh, probably true that if he had opted into, it would have been more options for him, but that's not his goal. Ultimately. Like he could have been traded elsewhere. If he had opted into his contract, and it would have been a lot easier to find another potential suitor but because of a desire for long-term money. That was never going to happen.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's to do it for locked on NBA for a Tuesday. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back throughout the week with more news and coverage leading up to the NBA draft. Make sure to check out our <clears throat> NBA draft live show as well. It's going to be absolutely amazing. We've got the mock draft up in the feeds. You're going to want to check that out. Follow the entire first round in a six episode, ultimate mock draft experience only locked on that this 10-11. week the draft. Yeah, the draft. that's right. That's right. They're going to pick play. Gonna pick- they pick young guys. That huh. you have the rights to, as opposed to just picking them off of the street. It's a weird process. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. And then All having right, average, I'm not everyone. To see what yeah, not everyone just grabs guys off the street and has them average twenty-five per game versus the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. It's whatever. It's weird. So different <laughs> strokes for different folks. All right, that's gonna wrap it up yeah. for Locked On NBA. Make sure to check out Locked On Heat. Uh, With David Ramil, I think David's going to be busy. I think he's going to be pretty busy on Friday. Draft coverage.
1: A lot of draft coverage. Yeah, a lot of draft
0: coverage. He's going to be pretty busy, I think, during the stretch. Uh, You can check out coverage of the NBA champion Denver Nuggets over at Locked on Nuggets. We'll see you guys again next time. Till then, have a great one. We'll see you again on Locked on NBA.